What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Success Epitomized Presents The Final Answer. I am your host, Lucas Tyndale, here with co-host Dr. Anthony Roveman. Dr. Roveman, we got to do a part two here today. Man, we had to do a part two. There's too many parts of the story, and there's too many opportunities to show how successfully he transitioned between things and how we can do it as well. Definitely. We are back with DC, uh, Darion Carthon. Uh, today, he was on with us uh, in a previous episode, and we are, we got, we had to do a part two. Like, I mean, if you saw part one, if you didn't see part one, get, what do you, get, get back there and watch part one. You missed <laughs> it. it right now. All right, you can <laughs> stay here. Right, you can stay here, but do go back and watch part one. He walked through transitions in his life so well, gave us great details to the story, excellent storyteller, took us all the way through it, helped us feel it, see it, and and believe what he believed that took him where he wanted to go. And now he's taken that into corporate and into other places that we want to hear about. We're going to bring him on. We'll be back right after this. Are you ready for the final answer to perfect success? Is success predictable? Is it possible to guarantee success? What do the wealthy know that most people don't? Is there a secret code? Are there secret rules? Join Lucas Tyndale and Dr. Anthony Rodman as they answer life's most difficult questions and give the keys to perfect, predictable success. Success Epitomized presents The Final Answer. The Final Answer. Because success is predictable when you have the right keys. All right, and we're back. And success is predictable if you have the right keys. Real quick before we bring it back on. This is a this is the statement that the company mm-hmm. Success Epitomized is built on. It is the idea that this entire podcast is built on. In case yes. they don't know, help them understand what that means. Well, success is very predictable. And that's the part that makes people frustrated and transitioning between different industries and different environments because they don't understand those keys that allow you to predictably be successful no matter where you are. And this is what that means. There are certain keys that unlocks the doors behind every opportunity, the door of every opportunity. Right. There are certain keys that allow you to open up the doors inside of the opportunity. Mm. The door that's inside another, the that's, door. That's inside the door. Okay. And the hardest part for me to understand is there is a key that unlocks every door. Interesting. In in in, in old homes, they called those a skeleton key. I think they called it something that had the ability. To unlock every door, a master key. So a master key, and it unlocks every door. So we're we're teaching these concepts and principles here on the final answer. We thank you guys who have subscribed and followed the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you follow podcasts. We appreciate it. And if you haven't, go do it now. Go do it soon. And also thank you guys for subscribing to Success Epitomized on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you like and follow those pages as well. And turn on those notifications. You want to see this come on when the video airs live, 7 p.m. Wednesday evenings, 4 p.m. Pacific time. You want to be there. You want to check it out. Make sure you turn on those notifications so that you always know uh, when the show is about to come on. So we don't want to take any longer now. Our guest yesterday talked about his transition from inner city Columbus to uh, Canal Winchester area. I, I worked down there for a minute, so I'm familiar with it. Uh, the Canal Winchester area, and on to a D1 scholarship, which you and you, uh, the two of you guys got together, and that was the plan from day one. He was getting the D1 scholarship. Didn't take a lot of extra faith on your part because you're just crazy enough to believe that all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> you're just crazy enough to believe that success is predictable if you have the right keys, and you happen to believe you have the right keys, so you weren't worried about it at all. Wasn't and you said. About it. He had an unusual faith and belief, too. Real quick before we bring him on, he had an, an ability to submit to a process in a way that a lot of people don't. If you don't mind sharing that one more time for us. And that's the biggest key right there is the foundational key to get started to opening doors is submission. Hmm. 
most people do not want to submit to the situation that they need to do. This is what submission is. To be able to trust enough to do what you need to do, even when you don't understand. Mm. Trust enough to do what you need to do. Even when you don't understand. Even when you don't understand. See, most people wait till they understand to do what they're supposed to do. That's called obedience. Mm. Right? And most people won't even do that. They won't even understand, but still want to do it their way. Absolutely. <laughs> But Where submission, he was open enough and hungry enough to submit, even when he didn't understand in that moment. He submitted to the possibility that he could get what he was looking for. And most people, there's two reasons why people will change. If their desire for what they're looking for is strong enough, mm-hmm. or the pain of where they are is yes. great enough, Right. That will cause them to submit or change. Yes. And he chose, when I first met him, he chose to do the desire was great enough. So I'm going to push myself beyond my comfort zone and what I think is possible or how I think is going to work to know there's more. Yes. I know there's more. Do I know how to get there? No, but I want to submit to find out how. I love it. Somebody out there, you're thinking about changing industries, you're thinking about changing jobs, you're thinking about moving to a new city or even a new state or even a new country for an opportunity or to live the life that you've been dreaming of. And you're 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 struggling because you don't know how it's all going to work out. Now, we're not suggesting that you go out there with what some call blind faith. We don't believe that no. that's an appropriate manner. We believe that you should seek uh, the, the, the proper steps and take the proper steps yeah. and certainly do your internal and external due diligence, right? You got to take some yeah. time to assess yourself. You need to be still and know who you are first. And then you need yeah. to seek the, the, those and, and the things out there that can help you. This podcast may be one of those things that has helped you. Yeah. And we want you guys to keep tuning in and go back and watch, listen to the previous episodes <laughs> and watch them because they can help you on this journey. Again, our last episode, um, was just a just a great testament to somebody who put their mind to something and was able to accomplish exactly what he set out to do. And we're going to bring him mm-hmm. back on so we can continue this journey with him. Welcome back to the show, friend of the show, Mr. DC. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Appreciate you for having me again. How y'all doing? Doing, man, doing great. great. Yep. Excited to have you. Um, as you were walking through your stories uh, during the last episode, we probably weren't halfway through. And in my mind, I was like, I hope he's available for a part two. Because I already knew. <laughs> I was like, it's too good to rush. So I was like, we got to do something uh, to get to, to, to hear the rest of the story. So um, you were sharing with us about your journey as a basketball player, um, mm-hmm. as a young young man looking to reach higher levels. You said, I, I, I went to boxing training this morning. I've been going to boxing training. And I was with my trainer. And I said, man, I just interviewed this great guy. And he said he did boxing. He did football. He said, I don't want to get hit. And I don't want to hit nobody every day for a living. That's not what I want to do. And at 14, I think you said, is that right? You picked up a basketball yeah. and said, let me yeah. let me just make this be my my way out. Let I, me just make this I my thing. With Luke. I said, what you boxing for? <laughs> who, who matched with you the wrong way? Lucas getting them hands <laughs> ready for something. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm moving. Just in case somebody would do yes, something. I wish somebody would do something. Just in case, I'll be ready. Um, but it's so much fun. It's a great workout. And yes. to take that skill set, all those the athletic skill set that you had, to take it mm-hmm. into the arena of basketball. Um, if you could, you know, pick up the story, you were you were at right state, right? Um, and you can share. I know you have a little more basketball to talk about, but you also want to get into business and the industry. So please feel free to share your story as, as it's as you'd like to. OK, so Wright State, let's pick up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wright State, from everything we talked about that happened in two months, um, I essentially had like a a pretty seamless senior year, to be honest. Like I didn't even think about my senior year. Me and Ant's whole focus as soon as I signed was like, we we're training to go for next season wow, to go yeah. pro. Okay. And you know, yeah, I made a I made a comment last um last interview about I wish I would have dreamed big enough, bigger. Yeah. Because at the time I was just so focused on 
getting a full ride scholarship to go to college mm -hmm. to kind of help like secure my mom, give her some peace to know like, all right, after this boy turned 18, he he's solid. He gonna go to college, he gonna have his own place, he gonna start getting his own little money. And then from there, he gonna start working and, and get out the house. <laughs> so right. I wanted to secure that for my mom. And that was kind of like my thought process. Mm -hmm. I, I watched the NBA. I thought about being a pro. I knew I would get paid to play whatever sport. I knew that, but I never really thought in depth like what that meant. Mm. And, you know, he came to me and was like, talking about the NBA <laughs> within like two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, we looking at this timeline, um, a couple years, if you work this hard and you listen and we be obedient, you know, you could be looking at getting paid to play basketball in two years. Wow. And I laid out the plan for him. It's like, this is what it would look like. Wow. He laid it out. Wow. He laid it out. Um, at the time, I was just like, just going. You know, I didn't really consider it. But that was the first time where I kind of let some doubt creep in. Hmm. It just like, things kind of move so fast. I'm like, wait, hold up. I, I was just on a bench. And now you're telling me. <laughs> Go to the NBA. I was on the bench <laughs> in high school as a junior, right? As a junior, and, and I had a glimpse into the NBA, like I said, because my teammate uh, BJ Mullins was playing for Oklahoma City Thunder at the time. Okay. He was on the team with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, KD, Kevin Durant. Wow, yep. yeah. And so, we're, and it's funny because he was part of that group of guys we were training at the time too. Wow, yeah, BJ Miller is part of now. This time was special in Columbus. I mean, there's probably not a pro that has come out in the last I don't know two three years since 2008 that hasn't come through IGI at some point. And I'm talking at least like what 30 40 guys, <laughs> like not trying to really even exaggerate. And you know, wow. me being at the forefront of that, being able to touch all these guys, I got to see it, right. but yeah. So go to Wright State. My very first game is against Isaiah Thomas, Quincy Pondexter. Um, I think Terrence Ross was on that team as well. He's on the Magic right now. Mm -hmm. um, Abdul Gaddy at the time, he was the number three point guard in the nation behind John Wall and Eric Bledsoe. Um, this is my first game of college. Okay. So <laughs> a year one. later, you know, yeah, day one, and I had an opportunity. Um, <laughs> I didn't play much in the first half, but then the second half I started. And I guarded Isaiah Thomas the whole second half, didn't come out, and we ended up taking the lead at one point, but ended up losing by five. And I wish I would have dreamed big enough another time just because it's like this wasn't that hard. Like he wasn't – Isaiah Thomas is, you know, all-world, NBA all-star, but at the time I remember guarding him. I'm like, man, it's like guarding anybody I guarded my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Before the game, my coach hands me a newspaper with Quincy Pondexter and Isaiah Thomas on it, talking about they're gonna be lottery picks. Wow! So it's these mind games, you know, that can happen in your life sometimes, where you know one thing, but then somebody else tries to plant another seed yep. and it kind of wants to derail you off your path. And and after you know, in the whole preseason before that, and I didn't really, I played a solid game for a freshman. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I didn't play the game to the level I knew I could have. Mm -hmm. And that's because they tried to take my confidence the whole summer leading up to uh, this, this You're point. You're talking about teammates? My coaches. Sorry about that, my coaches. No, no, no I'm just curious because I was wondering if you're saying yeah. competing teammates are like, let's not let this guy think well, he's that great. Well, it, was it, oh, it was a little both. It was a little both. It was both. So what's that? About? I mean, that's different. I mean, that's nah. tough because, like, you – I mean, we were talking before the show. You said – uh, when you go into corporate, there's an HR department. He was like, yep. "There's no HR in sports." Like no HR sports, they talking to you however they want. He's like, "Your boss is not screaming at you the way the coaches do. You're not mm -hmm. your teammates. If they did something like maybe what some of that may have been, you can report yeah. these things." And you're like, "That's not how it works. You just have to find a way through it." So, you find how did a way you? Through. How did you find a way through? Like, how did you deal with that? This was your dream. You're here. Yeah. And now you're dealing with that. You start to change. I mean, one thing that happens to probably every kid that goes to college and pro, mm -hmm. you start to lose the love for the game a little bit. Wow. Because 
you you it's this dream it's this magical place like this got all my answers all my needs the ncaa the one shiny moment the nba playoffs you see dudes getting drafted and they crying and they hugging on their parents yep. that's about as involved as your parents is ever gonna be wow you know, after that that's me <laughs> yeah yep. after that it's like they turn the cameras off they turn the lights off the music go off and now it's like bro it's time to go to work literally yep. it's a job and you're not getting paid for this job, but you know that there's a reward at the end of the tunnel, mm. which for me at the time, it was enough because I'm coming from nothing. So mm. it was like, I got an apartment, I got food, I got transportation. And then, you know, they give you, we flew like private jet everywhere. Mm. So things like that. But to answer your question, I mean, I just kind of reserted back to my environment where I was from. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, I thought this place was going to be different, but now nah, this is just like the streets. In a sense, so wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on my grind, and I'm gonna treat it as such. And if you in my way, then you know it is what it is, and right. and that kind of can create when people don't understand where you come from, it can create like a clash because I wasn't on a team like University of Cincinnati that might have you know a team full of all black dudes from the same place. I, I didn't come. My team wasn't like that. It was like three or four of us was black, the other half was white guys, which is fine, but. They didn't really understand where it was coming from. It's like they want your talent, but they don't want everything else on top. <laughs> and I bring that topic up because we talk about transitions, right? It's the same thing you face in a corporate world. Right. They, right. Talent, they, they got a quota to fill, you know, to get, you know, more minorities in. Right. But your lifestyle, mm-hmm. where you're from, is not necessarily welcome. So I was seeing this at 18 years old mm. on a full college scholarship. But we doing it on ESPN, not, <laughs> Yo, not behind closed doors where nobody knows. Yeah, you right. know, so you can't really talk about these things because you're on ESPN. Right. <laughs> like, And that's the I'm part going- where you have to fight. The And it's the hardest part about transitioning, too, mm-hmm. especially when you're transitioning, when you find what you need. Because like he said, the biggest battle of transitioning is the fight your upbringing from your training that's deep from your upbringing from your training because i was training him to think like a pro right yeah and i was training him to think like a star but you have to stay on that if no one else does because they were seeing him as a kid with talent that he that needed to develop mm. right and his teammates were seeing him as a threat. Right. Like they knew he was raw, but they knew what he could be. Right. So mm-hmm. while he was still trying to develop, they were like, we're going to take advantage of this development process. Right. And as he's trying to navigate that, that's where that split second decisions have to make to do I go back to my environment, like he said, or the training of being a pro. And it could be a split second. Right. And that's the hard part for a young kid because it's a split second decision because you don't get a lot of slack in these positions to um, shift your perception people have of you. Right. Once they Just make like up their perfect. mind. They make up their mind is over. Just as quickly as they made up your mind to, to sign get him, you in. Right. It's all emotional. They can make up their mind to be done with you. Wow. Yeah, so those are the type of transitions that people overlook of, like, we're going from a whole lifetime of mentality to a few months of mentality. Yep. But the beautiful thing is I knew that seed was in there, but it still had to develop and grow. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was different. And Lucas, you know, you pulled up, you, you said something, uh, I think, pre-show, we were talking about, like, you seeing Ant before where he is now. Right. Right. I'm going to tell you where Ant was. Tell me about it, time. man. <laughs> <laughs> when I Yo. went to college, Ant said, I gave you everything I got. Now it's time for you to go there and get what they got to give you. And you got everything I know. That's where Ant was. Wow. He gave Ant, you had to be what, 23? Am I mistaken? Yeah, 24? Wow. Yo. Yeah, he and I'm 17 at the time. Right, that's not far so, apart for real. Not at all. So, but I looked at Ant as so much old. I didn't realize Ant was that age until I got about 20. I still I don't like, know how old he is. I try not to ask. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. I knew I knew at that time 
I knew at that time that there's nothing I could give him that could shift anything at this moment right now. Because mm. I told him, I said, stick to what I taught you. We'll come back in the summer, regroup, and go to another level. Mm-hmm. But yeah. stick to the plan. Because at this time, you got to remember, I told him this a long time when he first started. I said, I'm going to give you everything and make you stand out. Once we get there, we'll focus on the little things one year at a time. Mm. Yeah. And I said, in 10 years while you're a pro, you'll master 10 things. Wow. Think how great you'll be then. Right. But I said, right now, I just gave you everything all at once. <laughs> Just so you can be like loud with everything. Right. Shine. <laughs> just go. Right. Shine. You got to master these things. Right. <laughs> and that's what it was. So I was, I'm battling all of that. You know, I go through my freshman year, see a lot of different things, man. I mean, I, I at that time I went through, I knew it was special and divine just because it's like, if I just throw some of the names out, this is my nightly competition. I mean, we, we talked about Isaiah Thomas and Fine Dexter. Second game, we had Ian Clark who won two rings with Golden State Warriors. He was a freshman as well. Right. Um, Drew Hanlon, who's now the world-renowned trainer that everybody knows, he was the starting point guard on that Belmont team. That was right. my second game. Uh-huh. Um, then, you know, we got Norris Cole, Gordon Hayward, Brad Stevens, Shelvin Mack, another guy, Ray McCallum, who was a McDonald's All-American, got drafted. This is like night in, night out. This is what we're looking at right. every single time. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and it was just interesting because Ant told me you can go and go pro in a couple of years. And I didn't necessarily, I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't believe it because I did. I just didn't know like it could happen as fast as he said. Cause I definitely believe. And it wasn't until after that whole year, I was like, I'm better than these dudes. <laughs> but I didn't take advantage of some of the opportunities so, at the mm-hmm. correct time. So let's let's, if you don't mind, because it's easy for us to highlight all good stories. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want to stay positive here and we bring people a lot of positive stories and enthusiasm. But somebody out there has gone through some downtimes and they may not find something to hold on to in these messages and these lessons and these shows because they're like, man, it's nice. They bring on everybody who made it. But what about mm-hmm. the person who had some setbacks, some pitfalls, some things that didn't go exactly as planned? And maybe part of it was were decisions they made. And you you lead us into this and then D.C., you take it from there. Well, the hardest part of the process is yourself. Mm. That's the hardest part. So like he just said, a lot of people didn't understand how young I was. So you have two sides going here. I'm fighting what I've been downloaded with, Mm. with what I've experienced as well. Wow. So he's laughing because he's asking like, how you know these things about to happen? I said, I lived it. <laughs> like, I lived it. But the biggest thing I tell people is do not go through your life. Do not train someone or do not, like, especially for parents, do not parent someone off of your hurts. Interesting. Make sure you do all for the truth, not your hurts. So during this time, I'm trying to navigate the process between the information I do know and the experiences to make sure I don't feed into the experiences because for me personally, and I'm not shy about it. He knows I'm not shy about Uh it. (laughs) I don't have, I do not like the way the NCAA does things Hmm. at all. I don't like it at all. And I don't have a lot of good things to say about the college experience because I know too much. Right. So what other people see as valuable, I don't see as valuable because I know things that people don't know about because they just see it from the glitz and glamour. Mm. Right. So half of the process is me giving him the truth, but half of the process at this time is still me telling him, to prepare himself so he don't have to experience these hurts that I experienced as well. Right. And he's trying to navigate himself of he's hearing my experiences. But at this time, as you're training someone and he's coming from his environment, you're still preparing someone to have a fight or flight mentality. Right. So 
that part right there also helped me understand that you have to stay on the truth even beyond the experience when you're taking somebody to a higher level because your experience can make them fall back into your experience. their experience that you got out of. Right, right. Because you've given them now a vision and a map to destruction, in a sense. You're exactly. suggesting. Exactly. I went through Even though you you're thought it go was for good, people can still take it because they're coming from the environment yep. and the way they can take it. Yep. You know, all I needed him to see at this moment was good. He didn't need my experience. Yeah. All he needed to see was good. So now, just to see the possibility of being bad, you can still look at this coach sideways. Mm. Yep. Which can open up another seed to fight against the seed that was planted to see the bigger picture. So good. DC. You know, in, end of the day, and something you say, like I said, we, we talking about transition, right? Uh, fundamental. Keeping the fundamentals in anything, even when industries are changing, whether we going from being in the workforce out, everybody out in the field to being remote, the fundamentals is what everything eventually goes back to. Right. So, like, right. even if you're lagging at the moment, eventually things have to go back to fundamentals. Like, yeah. just because yeah. we at home in Zoom don't mean you can't be punctual. You can't be highly communicative. You can't still work together. Great. You know, like you can't just like be laid up in your bed just because we working from home. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like lost all the fundamentals of business yeah. and uh, proper communication. You don't lose that yeah, during exactly. a virtual environment. Exactly. So even with going through tough times, ups and downs, I still had to go back to the fundamentals and be a professional, not only on the court, off the court, but in my uh, spiritual life. Okay. What are those fundamentals? And you got to remember, I said, you know, I'm here to rule, bear fruit, and dominate, multiply. You know, I am a king. I'm a lord. I'm a, I'm a owner. All these different things that I had to, like, go back to to understand, like, I got people over here telling me this on one side that's against my beliefs. Mm -hmm. I got these people over here with power doing things to me to make me go against my beliefs. Wow. What mm -hmm. are my fundamentals? So that's the only way to me I could get through anything and transition industries because whether I'm playing basketball, whether I'm getting a guy contract, whether I'm training a surgeon, whether I'm doing uh, uh, reading a chart or evaluating a company that I want to invest in, I'm going to go to the fundamentals of those industries right. and mm -hmm. start there. So worse, you, you at least got a baseline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. If I'm investing for one of you guys. What am I measuring myself against? This is what an investor, a money manager would know. There's a benchmark, the S&P 500. They're giving you 8 to 12% a year. So mm -hmm. if I can't give you 8 to 12%, am I doing my job? Mm. Yes, that's real. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just all about going back to the fundamentals. And um, after my freshman year, there was a lot going on because – I, that got lost in the business. Mm. The first time in my life, basketball became a business after my freshman year. And that was because my head coach, Brad Brownell, who's now at Clemson, um, <laughs> he took a head coaching job. He left Rice State and went to Clemson mm. at the end of my freshman year. Wow. He walked, I remember it's like yesterday. He walked into the uh, film room. They called a meeting, walked into the film room. He's like, guys, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I got something to tell you. I got a deal that I can't turn down. It's going to change life forever for me and my family. It's like I signed to be the head coach of Clemson. Just like that, walked out. It's like a one point something. Yeah, $1.2, $1.3 million deal. We sitting there dumbfounded. And he just walked all, out? Just walked out. That's how, that's how it happens, too. What? He had to go. They, they had a private jet waiting for this dude. Wow. And we didn't know this. So we sitting there for like an hour talking. We all walk out to the film room, I mean, to the players' lounge, turn on ESPN like we do every day. This dude on there holding up a jersey talking about go Tigers all the way down to South Carolina. I'm like, he was just here. He was just in the and, room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And then we walk out. We see all these people coming in, moving stuff out of his office. Like, it was like, yo, what just happened? I signed the play for this dude. And I remember asking him when I signed, because he was in conversations to get the Indiana job, him and Tom Crean at the time. Mm. And uh, 
I remember giving them a call. I, I was uh, in, where was that? Ohio versus Kentucky All-Star game. It was, I was there. CJ McCollum was there. He ended up getting MVP in that. Um, There's a lot of really good players. And uh, uh-huh. I remember calling my coaches and was like, hey, I'm hearing that y'all might go to Indiana. No, nah, we're not taking that. Don't worry about it. I'll be here for your time in college. So I go to college really trusting that and believing it. And less than a year later, he's gone. Wow. That's the business part. So I'm like, I have sacrificed who I know I am mm. and what I should be doing. When this guy, not saying he wrong, because he right. Right. He had it. his life. <laughs> he took a promotion. Right. But I yeah. sacrificed my promotion at the time. Mm. Exactly. My body and my beliefs. I got to pay for that. I got to deal with that. And at 19, I'm learning these lessons. Wow. So I had to make a mental transition on myself. Like, okay, how am I going to get out of this situation and put myself on the right path? And that's where, you know, all the things like me and Al talk about. But I went through a lot. I went through that. I went through a, a, a serious injury. had tore my ACL. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I had this fast track to the top. And then I got up there and met some resistance and had to like build myself up. But the the, the great thing about it, and we can trans to the next part, is like I never lost that work ethic, the core fundamentals. I still believed. I still got up and put my work in. I still kept my mind on the things I knew was to come. It was just I was just trying to decode the matrix in a sense of how do I come mm. from again? I just did it. Right, <laughs> right. Move up. So and, and that's why you- it's so important because those fundamentals he's talking about is those five questions we always talk about. Go ahead, like go ahead and drop them on looking, the people real quick. <laughs> yeah, everyone's looking for the answers to five questions, mm-hmm. which is who am I? Yep. A question of image and identity. Where am I from? A question of lineage and heritage. Why am I here? A question of purpose and vision. What can I do? Which is a question of potential and ability. Right. And where am I going? A question of direction and destiny. Right. Everyone's looking for those questions and everybody's looking for the answers to those questions. And if you can answer those questions, that's the foundation that you can build anything upon. Yes. And if you can stand on that and never lose that, you can literally transition anywhere because you have a foundation to stand on anywhere you go. Yeah. I, I love those. I, those five questions have been life changing for me. I see them in everything now in yeah. life, in business and parenting in my relationship and yes. every every other people's businesses. I'm like, oh, uh, they're marketing. They're trying to figure out how to answer those questions. Their yep. uh, strategy. They're trying to figure out how to answer those questions, whether they know it or not. Somebody's depressed. They're saying, why am I here? What am I capable exactly. of? Who am I anyway? Right. Who care? Who would even know if I wasn't here? Right. I don't even know where I'm from. Maybe they're like, I don't even have any. And I don't even and I definitely don't know where I'm going. And that's the hardest part that deals with athletes, especially basketball players, because we're told our whole life. Our image and identity is a basketball player. Ball is like athlete. Shut up and dribble. Do what you're told. Play the game. And I always was trying to get guys to see their image and identity much higher grade than that. Yes. This is a job. This right. is a act, this is an occupation. This is a platform. This is not who you are. Right. Use it, move on. Yep. Yeah. This is so not your savior. Use it, don't That's let it use you. DC. So you went through an injury. What what mm-hmm. when did basketball come to an end for you? What would help us get there? Because I'd like to get to your professional life that you're living now and, and transitioned into. And uh, you, you made some pretty cool accomplishments there as well. So we want to give people some time to hear that. So how did basketball, I said yesterday, uh, I, and I don't know, I think I heard an athlete maybe even on this show say it, like, you don't know when your career is going to end for most basketball players. It's not like a lot of other people like, I'm retiring at this age. Most people are not Kobe. They don't plan yeah. it. They just come to the end of the road. So what was that like for you? When was that and how did that feel? Yeah, th- This is why I really wanted to be here, to be honest. The other stuff was just, you know, great stories, foundational, I think inspirational. But just to kind of put a bow on the basketball career. Yeah. So after that injury, I ended up transferring to another school, switched environments, went all the way out to Salt Lake City, Utah. 
um, which was a culture shock, Mormon capital of the world, Rocky Mountains for the first time away from home. Yeah. Uh, went out there and grew up and became a man. Um, mm. lived, lived on my own, had a couple guys with me in an apartment, but went there, reinvented myself, played well, got another four-year scholarship to University wow. of Missouri St. Louis. Went out there and in two years, ended up being one of the best players to ever play there. Got voted all-decade team. Wow. Um, and, and that turned me to a pro. Then after that, I went pro. NBA camp with the uh, Sacramento Kings. I went overseas and played in uh, Argentina, Finland, mm. um, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, uh, Bosnia, and Serbia. Wow. Um, yeah, so I had, I had all those opportunities. We did that for about six years. And the biggest thing was, and always talked to us about, it's bigger than basketball. Like, you know, we aren't just basketball players like you mentioned. Myself, I always was Myself, I was always sorry about that. Well, yeah, so, you know, I went went overseas for about six years and did that. But throughout that whole time, like me and Ann always talked about, you know, we're more than ball players. There's other things. I had other interests that I was working on while I was playing. You know, I was working on a clothing brand and being able to tell stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and throughout my career, while I was playing, I wasn't a guy that, like, just played ball and came home and did nothing all summer. I came home. I would go, my uncle, he he uh he was a he became a multimillionaire through real estate. I would go home and help landscape homes for him. You know, one of my good mentors, another one, multimillionaire guy who owns a commercial cleaning company. Mm-hmm. I went to work with him, the CEO, and learned the ins and outs of the business. Wow. Also during this time, I was a sports manager doing my own contracts while I was playing and helping consult for other guys. So I was taking business ethics from uh the housing real estate market, mm-hmm. as well as commercial cleaning, because a contract is a contract, negotiations is negotiations. Everybody trying to buy low, sell high, you know. So I <laughs> everybody playing the same game, and you gotta know your value. Yep, and you gotta yep. know your value because I told him from young. I said, "Hey, man, stop letting these coaches recruit you. Recruit the coach." Wow. Exactly. Tell him what I, you want. Negotiate. Speak for yourself. Like wow. speak for yourself. Yeah. My first deal I actually ever negotiated was uh, my contract going to University of Missouri-St. Louis. So everybody signs a letter of intent. There's two things you can sign in NCAA. Most people do not know this. You can sign a letter of intent, and you can sign a grant and a scholarship. Mm. A grant and a scholarship allows you to negotiate the terms that, that you want. Letter of intent is already preset. They so, control you. <laughs> wow. They control yeah. you. What? This is good. So, I didn't do a letter of intent. I did a grant and aid scholarship and me and Aunt, we sat down and we negotiated our terms of what we wanted. And so that's you're a what business it was. Now, bro. I'm trying to get them to understand you're a business and you're bringing services to this university. Right. Like yeah. this is a business. This has nothing to do with your dream and stuff. They're looking at this business. They're recruiting you. You recruit them. They're giving you terms. You give them terms. Right. Understand what this is. Don't look at it as a kid because that's the problem. They make athletes like you talked about before. Yep. The end of the road. Yep. Most athletes don't become men until they retire. They're literally trained to be boys until they hit yes. the end of the road and they become men. Wow. Literally boys to men. Until they right, hit, right. Until it's over. Song drop. Now I have to start thinking. Mm. I never had yeah. to think before. Everyone always told me what to do. Mm. I tell you. And, and I was one of the guys that that just wasn't me. Right. You know, I, I wasn't right. good to just You was asking for rides shit. home from a guy you just met. So I know you was, <laughs> you weren't afraid to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's how it goes. And you know what? And, it, and that opportunity that I did negotiate in, at my school my junior year um, allowed me to help change my whole uh, senior group. I changed all their scholarships as well mm. because they were not receiving everything they were supposed to be receiving. Wow. But they're giving wow. their hearts out every single day. So going into my uh, senior year, I, I renegotiated with the athletic director on four or five other senior scholarships and got them all full rise and meal money because they weren't getting it at the time. Wow. So, yeah, I just I saw it as a business transaction. I didn't get caught at this point. I had already been at the top in right. Division One athletics. I've seen it all. So now I'm like, it's nothing to fear here. This is just business. That's just yeah. how I looked at it. It's an exchange of services. And they didn't understand that. You know, executives don't respect talent. Wow. They respect mm-hmm. other executives. Mm. 
Yeah. So I have to say I am Darian Carthorn representing the talent DC. Essentially. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, so when you're talking to you're not talking to DC, you're talking to Darian Carthorn, the man right now, the businessman. Right. So we're gonna talk about the services with DC or there's other schools out here that will take me on. So mm. this is just how I essentially went into it. And at the end of the day, it was definitely bumping. But at the end of the day, they gave me respect and everything I needed got done. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be used up anymore by the NCAA. That's so good. So. That's so good. I When we talk about transitioning in any situation, you have to know your value. Um, and while you're in a situation, you need to grow your value. So if somebody's at a job right now and you're so frustrated and stressed out, you've stopped learning, you've stopped listening, you've stopped giving, and you're going to reap what you sow. So if you stop sowing, you stop giving into the system, you stop yeah. receiving. So now you're not yeah. receiving the education, the information, the network, the whatever it is that could take you to the next level, and you think you're winning. You're like, I beat the job because I'm going to get money for doing nothing. Well, no. You can't beat the system, right? You reap what you sow. So if you don't sow anything, you don't give anything. If you want to change or transition, that is your right. But you need to have value when you transition and you need to know what it is. And it's hard because the game is set up, sports and otherwise corporate, to always make you feel like they have all the power, money, and control. And you're this lowly person who would be lucky to get a job. And I remember I negotiated a deal for a new job. A company had called me about... Uh, an opportunity and you know they found me on LinkedIn and they wanted to bring me in potentially and I remember meeting with the hiring uh, HR leader and we hit it off and it was really good and she was like well um, what I was asking for in a salary she was like well you got to meet with the owner I don't know like that's outside of the norm and uh, I sat down with the owner and I let him know what I knew like I knew what I was worth even though it was far more than what they planned on paying it was more than what I was making at the current job I was at But I was like, I'm not transitioning just for the sake of it, nor am I just transitioning just for a few dollars. Like, this is a big adjustment for me and my family. There's a lot that's going to go into it. And I really made a thought out decision. I remember putting together, I spent an entire day putting together a proposal because after I met with him, he needed me to meet with the whole executive team. And I put together an entire proposal, like a report at school with the little uh plastic on top that you only use yep, for reports yep. <laughs> they probably thought i had a book report when i went to the store to buy those i yep. bought them went into this meeting sat at this boardroom table they put me at the head of the table it was like a two-hour round table interview i'm passing out a proposal of what i'm gonna do over the next six months to a year in this business that i had never been mm. in in an industry i had never been in but what i knew yep. was people are people their their business yep. is bit there's something you need a service from me. And like you always say, Aunt, we are the business. So we I'm bringing myself as a business into your business. We're trying to merge. Let me show you my value right here. I laid out the plan for everybody and told them what I could do Yo. without even fully understanding everything they had already done. And it certainly worked. And it opened up some doors and I had a great time and a great opportunity there. Most people go into jobs, though, or opportunities like that, shaking because they don't think they're an asset. And... DC. They don't know. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. And if you could speak to that quick, you know, here and then DC, I'd love to hear if you could jump to a little bit about sports management and we can talk about the story uh, as well, but maybe we'll break up the, the, the chronology of it and jump around a little bit because you do some sports management. I'd love to hear about how you've taking that concept into that. But Ant, when it comes to, again, knowing your value, somebody's thinking about transitioning and their biggest fear is they're not going to make enough money or something. Mm-hmm. How do they How do they balance that? Well, that's the problem is, first of all, money is like anything else. It goes to people that take care of it. Mm. I'm going to say that again. Money is like anything yep. else. It goes to people that take care of it. So just like people won't stay around you when you don't take care of them, right? Money won't as well. So it's not the job that determines your value; it's you that determine your value. Value comes from rarity. Mm-hmm. So if you're just like everybody else, don't expect to get something beyond what everybody else is getting, right? So if you want more value, you need to become more rare. That means you need to actually build up something that stands out 
from the crowd if you want something that stands out from the crowd. Right. Right. So you have to determine, again, based off of your passion, your ability. And if you want to expand beyond where you are, you need to create something that makes you more valuable. Mm -hmm. And if you learn what we're trying to teach you, you'll become invaluable. Mm. Where there is no price. Right. Where Priceless. When you You're get to the point so where you become rare. invaluable, you set your price. Yep. I love yeah, it. so that's the key behind this. I know DC wants to touch on something about that. Yeah, um, that, that's it right there. Everything is, you know, if you just think about business, sales, anything, it's, it's scarcity. You know, how scarce is this resource? And I knew for myself that guys weren't going to work harder than me. They weren't going to work longer than me. It was they weren't going to perform under pressure. Exactly. They weren't going to perform under pressure, you know, more than me. You know, and I, and I know eight, eight out of ten people scared. So right. the fact that <laughs> quiet is kept. Nobody knows that. Yeah, they don't want to admit yeah, it. Like end of the day, you know. So it's like you know, just the ability to go sit in on the meeting is crazy. You know, I, I remember I had a conversation with Trey, and you know, I don't think he mind me sharing this, but we were uh, I forgot what year was this? I think it's 2018. Not that long ago. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Maybe even 17. I was talking to. Uh, the general manager of uh, Lakeland Magic. And me and Trey were having a conversation. And he was like, you talking to the GM? Like, dudes don't talk to the GMs, bro. <laughs> like, and I asked him, I'm like, reach out to him. You know what I'm saying? Reach out to him and just say a couple of things. And, um, you know, I think, I don't, I can't remember if he did or not. I think he did, but it was just like, guys, it's the reason why LeBron is who he is. He's not afraid to go sit down and have these meetings and say things yeah. he needs to say. Right. While the 12th dude on the bench, he's not calling Mark Cuban. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he should, because you on payroll. You know he different should. from me. You just right. in a different position. Take the meeting. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. take the meeting. And this is just, I just think I think differently. Um, but you know, I just think guys don't think outside the box. And for me, the sports management piece was me thinking outside the box. So while I was playing, I was managing other guys. Cause I'm like, guys are always calling me for advice anyway, because they've seen that I've overcome so many things. They've seen that I've essentially decoded the matrix on a couple of things in short periods of time. Everybody's looking to move up faster, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was like, we're gonna make this a business. You know, I can't spend all day on the phone with guys. So let's make mm -hmm. it mutually beneficial because I can't just give you everything and get nothing back. I'm going to be empty when yeah. I actually need to give to my proper places. So mm -hmm. we just created a rate of exchange. You know, I started putting guys in the right positions. I lived in all these different countries on my own, negotiated different deals. I lived <laughs> all over the U.S. So I just had to realize, like, instead of complaining about the things I was going through, mm -hmm. let me sit down and look at yeah. why did I go to hell? What gold mine do I have that I'm sitting on? that right. God has blessed me with, and let's tap into them resources. And and that's just how I looked at it, you know? Like, if um, Apple can start in the garage right. and turn it into yeah. a billion-dollar company, you know, why can't I take my experiences and essentially do the same type of stuff? This is just the way I thought while I was playing. And, and most people tell you if you do something outside of sport, you know, you're taken away from, like, okay, say you want to go to the NBA, but you gotta like go get a job on the side while you training to get ready. Most people are like, nah, that's a plan B, man. It's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all of my plans are to make plan A work. It's all plan A. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, no <laughs> I love it. Exactly. That was just that was just my mindset. It's like basketball is yeah. not gonna be forever, no matter what. I already got a PhD in this game. How much more do right. I need to keep like just doing this? So, all right, let me learn the contractual side of it. Okay, cool. Now I know how to do contracts in three different industries. All right, bet. Let's look at my statistics in these industries. You know, and I put all of that together, and I'm like, okay, I want to be in Silicon Valley. I want to go into tech because I love tech. Tech is all over the world. It's important. The the game is changing. So this is where I want to be. It, it matches the lifestyle I want. You know, I get the time I want. You know, I'm kind of tired of the business of basketball. So let me go to a higher industry with healthcare and tech and, you know, see if I can compete there. If I'm top 1% here, I take these same fundamentals wow. 
put it over here. It's the same thing. They just gonna train me on how they do things, and that's just, how they do it. That's amazing. That's it. Because skills can be transferred easily. That's the hardest part. People understand is it's easier to train transfer skills. The hardest thing is to transfer mindset. mindset. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. Mindset is the hard thing to transfer. And I want this is one thing my um my older brother taught me that I I still teach people to this day. Because he started his own publishing company from young. Uh -huh. right? He left college and started a publishing company. And I asked him one time, like, how do you be making these deals, man? Uh -huh. He was making deals. He said, it's really simple. I look at it one way. He said, I have nothing right now. If I don't ask, I still have nothing. Right. If I do ask, I got a 50-50 chance. You're going to say yes, yes or I'm going to back to nothing. So I really can't lose. Wow. And I took that for, and I tell that to other people. And I tell people, why are you so afraid to talk to somebody? You already don't have what you're looking for. Right. If you just talk, there's more of opportunity that you can than you won't. If yep. you don't, you're 100% won't happen. You're out. You're already out. You're already out. Yep. So that boldness and just understanding those, those stats can help you change your mindset as well. Because most people are intimidated to even try to transfer an industry. The fact that the bonuses say, okay, these are the stats. I can put it up and there's more chance of me getting in than me not. Yep. That is so How good. can you articulate yourself? How can you articulate yourself is the name of the game. It's all about articulation. Y'all can know everything y'all know right now, but if you can't articulate it, it means nothing. It's, it's no different than God giving us the word. It's the word, man. Without <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Without without that articulation, like right, we don't know other than that what language. we feel. You gotta be explain the language, like he's saying. Yep. So speak the language, and I would just encourage athletes while you're playing to develop other skill sets. Yeah. You know, yes. like yes. the easiest time in your life as an athlete, in my opinion, is as a pro. Mm -hmm. That's the first time in your life where you have all the time in the world and you got some resources. You just gotta go do your job when it's time to do your job. Yo, like <laughs> you don't got no school, life, no homework, right? You don't worry nothing. about your parents. You don't got nothing else Man, but just pro, two, three hours a day. And overseas, as an international pro, they're paying for your living, they're paying for your housing, they're paying for your food, they're paying for your transportation, mm. even paying taxes in some countries. So it's like <laughs> all of that time that you got now. Let's not sit around and play video games all the time. Mm. I play video games. I did all of that. But I put it in its proper place. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's the thing. And, and right now, from these things I went through and did, you know, we're sitting on players in 35 countries right now. Uh, we got a three way partnership. Wow. We're touching guys all over the world. So you're a you sports know, you're, management company? Yeah. So right now, you know, I'm just doing it, me and my guys. We we, we do our own individual concept, contracts. We're not even representing an official company because, end of the day, I'm doing business. Yep. We just negotiating deals. I mean, you want the dude with the card and the suit, or you want the contract? Which one? <laughs> you want the guy that's <laughs> been there and knows how to do it. Which, like yeah. and I'm teaching guys to, to be their own bosses. We're not just coming in and signing you on the contract and just go, go sit in the gym and do nothing. Nah, you're going to have to develop a skill set. Like one of my guys right now named Deshaun Parsons, who played in top league Slovakia, he uh, won MVP this year. And I told him something specific. I said, look, I need you to make a highlight tape after every game. Mm. I don't care if it's good or bad. Make one. He listened. Mm. One thing that did was we're studying the film. Mm -hmm. Another thing that did is if any team come calling and want to buy you out, you have film when somebody else has to get their film. Right. Yes. That's it's time. And then three. Because that's your now, currency. Your film is your currency in that and this Wow. Your film is your value. Your mm -hmm. film is more valuable than your game. Wow. Yeah, film and stats. And Europe don't care about, like, highlights. They want, like, I just want to see a full game and what's on paper. They don't even got to know what you look like. They just, like, do this, do the analytics matchup. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it is. And then the last part, he has a business now. We, he, we taught him how to make highlights. So every highlight tape from all the dudes we told, because I tell everybody the same thing, make your highlights. 85% not going to listen. So guess what y'all about to do? Y'all about to pay him to make yep. those highlights. Wow. Yep. Yep. So good. <laughs> that is so smart. Yep. So now you got another, so now another business. Now you got an asset income. 
he has a contract. He has raised his market value. He's coming home, no longer got to stay with mom. And you have a legitimate business. So now when you're done playing, you can go work in the analytics room at the Mavericks. Or you can go work for Huddle. Or you can go do mm. something freelance for ESPN. You right. got a skill set. You have a resume. Yeah. I got 200 highlight takes I made. Right. Here go to pro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Setting him up Nobody. for the future. So then it's yeah. like you want to go sit down with, you know, uh, Clutch Sports, who not going to tell you to do nothing. Or you want to be with somebody that's going to help build you. So when it's time for you to lead this game one day, you have something bringing you income while you're looking for that next career. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I mean, not only have you successfully transitioned industries yourself, you're also teaching others how to set themselves up for transition before the transition. Before the transition. Extreme foresight to be able to look ahead and say, this is not new. This is how it goes. Let me help yeah. you prepare. This is the cycle. This is how it goes. I wish you well. I hope you have a long and prosperous career. However, this game is going to end at some point, and there's going to have to be a new chapter. So you're going to have to be able to navigate that and handle that. DC, we don't want to keep you much longer. If you could just tell the people, um, you know, what you're doing now, you know, along with the sports uh, management company, um, if you could just round this story out for us in the next few minutes and just let let the people know, you know, from an athlete to now sports management uh, and you have some and Silicon Valley, um, just wrap it up. So we understand really who are you today? Where is life at for you today? And are you living the life the way you thought and the way you planned it? Uh, definitely. So amongst all the things we talked about right now, I'm working in uh, robotic surgery. So I train surgeons how to, you know, um, use robotic technology in a sense. So I'm doing that sports management. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm an investor. I, I invest in different companies. You know, I trade options on the market as well as buy long term. And these are things that I would encourage any professional athlete to do while they're chasing their dream, because it might take you five, six, seven, eight years to make it pro. But you can be buying assets along that time that when you're done, you might have 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 sitting waiting that you're not even counting instead of wasting time doing other things. So I do those things. Uh, working in Silicon Valley Tech is, is, is a blessing. It's fun. It definitely gives me the lifestyle I wanted, you know, as being an athlete. I mean, right. it's like being it's like being in the NFL of medical technology. Right. You know, to be honest. So, <laughs> It's, it's a fun job. And, you know, me being a former athlete, I literally take everything I've been through and just bring it here. You know, and, and now I have some understanding, you know, and, and what I'm doing, it wasn't just like, oh, did I find something that pays well? No, it was always on my mind. Even in college, one of my college coaches was in this industry before he was coaching. Mm. And we talked about it and it was always in the back of my mind. like, OK, when I'm done playing, this is one of the things I'm going to do. And it ended up happening. So, wow. you know, some, I feel like I've lived like so many different lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I was 30, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, I just always had clear visions for what I wanted for myself. And, you know, it, it didn't always happen at the time I thought, but it always happened like right on time in a sense. So, but yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, I got to, and I feel like, you know, God has blessed me to be able to give back, to be able to be in this chair right now talking to you guys. So to go from playing pro ball in all these countries to now I'm in the operating room on a day-to-day basis, sometimes it's mind blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. DC, your story was phenomenal. The details that you gave us in walking through it are inspiring. I'm sure for not only athletes, but people in business, people in families, whatever they're looking at doing and whatever transitions they have to make, your story fits. Your story was a story of maybe it was somewhat unlikely, some might say, from being at the gym all day because your mom had to work uh, to Mm -hmm. to getting on that team where you stood next to the guy and was like, put me in, coach, put me in. Like literally put me in, not into the game because I'm on the team, put me on a team to put me in a tournament in a gym that I just happened to be at. And to, to yeah. have that type of success and then to go on and play a pro career for many years and all of those things are something that people often only dream of. So uh, we applaud you. 
um, in the success that you've had, and I even more so in the success you're now leading others to have. Uh, and they say that great coaches have coaching trees, right? Yeah. Others, great, great leaders make great leaders, right? Yeah. And I know that's one of the things you're going to be talking about in our upcoming uh, training that is open to anyone, Transform Your Industry, which I'd love for you to share a little bit about as you get into the final answer here today. Um, if people are watching it this week or if we're past this time when it's going to be available live, the it's still a system that's available, an online course for people to go um, get a hold of through Success Epitomized um, and learn how to transform their industry, which will allow them to be the ones choosing the transitions rather than coming to the end of the road. So thank you so much, DC. I can't thank you enough. Great, great storyteller. Great, great job. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me once again. Thank you so much. All right, Ant, I'm going to turn it over to you for the final answer. Let us know a little bit about Transform Your Industry uh, before you dive in, uh, just for people out there who may want to know more. We'll turn it over to you. Yes. So this is why this is very important. This is why this is so important to understand how to transition into industry so you can be prepared to transform the industry. So many people go into industries and their biggest frustration of why they can't transition because they fall into the status quo of this is how it's always been or this is how it's always going to be. That's the worst thing you can do when you go into any industry is just accept how it always is, how it always has been. And not have to think or use your imagination to find all kind of innovative ways to enhance it and make it better. So you want to go into any industry understanding that I need to learn the core fundamental skills and for core fundamental knowledge of this industry. But the core fundamental knowledge that we're talking about will help you go into any industry and build upon that. So we want you to understand that we have a system and we have a opportunity for you to come to our Transform Your Industry Challenge. This challenge is going to help you be able to fully be able to understand how to break away from the traditional things that causes so many people to get stuck in a box and get stuck in their comfort zone and not allow them to grow to the highest state that they're capable of being. So we want you to come and be a part of this. We will have it coming up May 17th, Transform Your Industry this Sunday coming up. will be an opportunity for you to be able to come join us and learn some of our transformation challenges, information that will help you take this right into your industry and help you transfer anytime. This topic is so personal for me because I got to see the transition for him through many different seasons, cycles, and environments in his life. And to help, me, help him be able to navigate in ways that I wasn't able to because I didn't know. And then he was able to take that information and take it even farther to go beyond the things that we were talking about in our intimate times to be able to take that foundation and keep building upon it and show others. So this is a wonderful time for people to look at the opportunities in transitioning and not the burdens of transitioning. Because once you learn how to transition, you'll be able to predict the transition and then use it to your advantage every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, I was mesmerized by the final answer. Uh, for you guys, make sure you check out the Transform Your Industry Challenge if you guys are available May 17th, 2021. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's May 16th. It is this... I apologize. No, no, no. We have so much coming out. We have things happening on May 17th. It's May 16th. Yes. Uh, I, I think I'm the one that said that. That's no, what got yeah. I get it. We, we do we, have we... Epitomized University starting on May 17th, so I might have said the wrong date as myself. I, absolutely. You guys, make sure you go to successepitomize.com for anybody who may be interested in Epitomize University as well. It's open to anyone. Um, it's just $100 a month for a university education at a level that you can't imagine. It's three nights a week, um, 5 to 7 p.m., 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, um, 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific and anywhere you are around the world. We hope that you join us. If you miss a course, if you miss a class, there's no penalty. I, I said this the other day, and I said the only penalty is you miss the great information that you're going to get yes. in it that can help you yes. transform your industry, your life, your family, your business, your finance. There's so many things that we're going to talk about in those yes. uh, courses. Uh, there's a course schedule available at successepitomize.com. If you go to the university tab, you'll see it there. You can click the calendar, see what each session is about, see what's coming each week. 
and really get excited about it in one year. Our goal is to help people make six figures. How do you pass this class? How do you really show that you've, you've made it? Not by writing a long paper, by earning six figures. You get it. You earn six figures. In your life. In you your life. <laughs> we'll give opportunities to be a part of the community, opportunity to be a mentor, and opportunities to get investment into whatever you're building. So it's, we're really trying to help people understand how to transition out of these times to see a brighter future. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys supporting us here at Success Epitomized presents The Final Answer. We'll see you guys again next time. Everybody, have a great day. At Epitomize University, we can guarantee success because we know the keys that make success predictable. Dr. Anthony Roman personally walks people through this process at Epitomize University. This year, his mission is to help several people make six figures. We're offering a special price of $100 a month to learn in a live virtual class instructed by Dr. Roman himself. Class begins on Monday, May 17th. So take the first step of completely changing your life this year by signing up today at successepitomize.com.